The Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Mike Page, Logan Brand, Jack Wright, and Ryan Dangle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. Today is episode six of nine of Position Groups. We are thrilled to have back New England Patriots tight end Matt Lacoste back with us. Matt, thank you so much for coming back, man. We really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. It's good to be back. Folks, if you are thinking about buying or selling a home this year in the Chicagoland area, you have to visit GenevaJeff.com today to learn more about how Jeff Cadwallader with App Properties can help you. Jeff knows you need experience when it matters most. Visit GenevaJeff.com today, or you can give Jeff a call directly at 630-254-4734. Give him a call. You can shoot him a text. Jeff would love to talk to you. If you do happen to talk to Jeff, let him know that the Bear Down Report sent you. He would appreciate it, and we would appreciate it. Now, Matt, we are so thrilled, right? We're getting to talk to an NFL tight end about NFL tight ends, right? And that, that is just, we, we, we're so appreciative of this. Would you kind of just briefly walk our, our listeners through your career as a tight end, how that kind of transpired? Yeah, of course. Um, well, in high school, I played quarterback, um, obviously not tight end, and then went to college with hopes of being a quarterback. Uh, and that quickly changed. Um, and I became a tight end at the University of Illinois, um, played four years there, um, had a decent career, nothing, nothing to brag about, um, but learned a new position, um, got better at the position, improved each year, had some good coaches along the way, uh, went undrafted in, 2000, in the 2015 NFL draft, signed with the uh, New York Giants as an undrafted free agent, and played three, season with, three seasons with them. I played uh, one season with Denver, and then I'm going on my second season with uh, the New England Patriots. So, got a couple of years under my belt, hoping hoping to get a few more, but definitely have some experience at the position. Matt, how did you feel the Bears did with the development of their tight ends in 2020? Yeah, so obviously I'm not technically looking closely into the Bears tight end group. I obviously know Cole Komet. Um, was their first round draft pick, and then they had Jimmy Graham. Um, I think they did a good job um, developing Cole uh, from what I saw. It didn't really look like they played him too quickly, uh, especially with the weird offseason we had. It's tough, extremely tough on um, rookies to come in and learn a new playbook to start off in camp. Um, so a delayed development, kind of not saying he was delayed, but like just kind of an ease-in process of a rookie this year just made sense. And – I think they did a nice job working him in. And then I think Jimmy Graham was a good veteran presence that they had. Uh, I think he helped their red zone production and it seemed like the coaches had a lot of confidence in him from 20 on in. So uh, one of the things we were talking about a little bit before the, the show got started was the fact that the Bears tight ends in 2019 accounted for 416 yards and two touchdowns. And then the 2020 season, looking at 744 yards and 11 touchdowns, which is an incredible improvement. Now, Cole Komet, the hometown kid, finishing with 28 receptions, 243 yards, two touchdowns. That's 8.7 yards per reception. 
just as you kind of talked about, Matt, that, that he started out the season a little bit slow, but going back to our last conversation, our last, last podcast, which, you know, you kind of answered that question, why do rookie tight ends kind of struggle? Um, you know, that, that there's blocking schemes to learn, there's passing schemes to learn and all of that. So what would you kind of say about Cole's development uh, in this 2020 season? Things that you liked or, or maybe where you kind of see him uh, going in, in his future? Yeah, what I, what I liked about from the few games that I was able to watch this year of him, um, of course I watched the tight ends in every game I, I watched just to, just to see. Um, but it looks like he's a kid with a sturdy base, strong kid. Um, I think he can develop in the run game. I think he's not afraid out there, and he seems pretty strong with the ball in his hands. Um, I don't know how he does from a vertical standpoint, such as like your seam routes and all that, but that's something you, you don't have to be the fastest person in the world to be able to do that. So I think he has a lot of development that fans can look forward to. Uh, but I think, he, I think he did a nice job, and I think he's in a good system. Um, and I think obviously the more he's in the system and grows in the system, it's all just a trust game, and they're going to trust him more to, to do a lot of stuff. All right, Matt, so you talked a little bit about Jimmy Graham's resurgence this season. And so having the most touchdowns he's had since 2017, he had 10 in 2017. And this year, uh, nine total touchdowns. What would you kind of attribute that to uh, him having this kind of resurgence in the 2020 season? Yeah, I think part of, the, part of his resurgence is the offense's or defense's ability to get in the red zone. Um, it's obviously not a one-man band. Um, I'd love for tight ends to score 80-yard touchdowns, but it just doesn't happen often. So I think the offense's ability to get within the red zone to a place where they know – I mean, Jimmy's dangerous down there. He's a big target, great receiver. Um, and so I think the number one reasoning is the offense's ability to get in the red zone. And then obviously he's making plays. He's making plays, and that earns trust – you catch one, they'll come back to you. So I think, I think he had a nice year, and I think he definitely helped them in the red zone area. Matt, when you just think about you know the Super Bowl, you know the other night and the, the massive impact that tied hands on that game. I mean, they they were the feature pass catchers, really. Yeah. I mean, I'm not suggesting that you would want to use that as the barometer for the Bears, but if you look at that, right, as being kind of the mountain and then you think about where the Bears are, where would you see them along their progression just given, you know, the, the two tight ends even that we talked about? Oh, that's a that's, that's, a, tough. T- that's, a, t- that's a tough question because <laughs> there's, so, there's so many things that can go on. There's so many – they could sign a new guy, someone get injured. So there's like – there's a million variables. But if we're going to nail it down to those are the two guys um, – I think the run game is number one. Uh, tight ends do well when we're running the ball. That's when tight ends are able to get open is off play action. And that's when we get our big chunk plays. Right. Um, so I think the better the bears can run the ball and the more efficient they can have in the run game, I think opens up the pass game for the tight ends. Um, do they have a guy like Gronk that you can line up one-on-one and the slot and do all that fun stuff with? That's to be determined. Like, there's a lot of development left to do. Um, but I think the better they can do the run game, play action, get behind linebackers, the more confidence the coaches and the quarterbacks can have them. And that's every, that's every offense. That's just not the Bears. Can I ask you a quick follow-up on that? To what extent is – you can talk about the run game. 
is it that the tight ends get lost that that even you know if your job in the beginning was to key on them or jam them in the line the the defenders get so focused in on stopping the run that tight ends tend to get lost in the in the defense and across zones or is it a product of just how elite um, you know someone like Kelsey or Gronk is or or is it a combination of those two things um I mean obviously it's a combination when you have your Kittles your Gronks your Kelsey's like those are special individuals right um those are just great great players that you can line up and they're an issue um and then there's the like you brought up like if you're running the ball and doing it successful successfully four to five yards a pop even three yards is good um you get those linebackers coming up. You go from two high to single high. You get more people in the box. It just it just opens up thing. It just opens up the pass game because solely due to space. Um, linebacker safeties come down a little harder on run fakes because if they're getting smashed in the mouth with run plays, what do you think they want to stop? So just it open it opens things up, and the linebackers don't necessarily have to come up, but if they hesitate that little hesitation is enough. So I think a run game is extremely important. And I mean, any offense, I'm not, I'm not saying anything spectacular here. I guess along those same lines, then, as you're looking at the progression of the bears, what would you want to see out of Cole Komet in a, you know, in a second year based on what he's you know done. And does, if, if Graham's still around, assuming he is, does his role change or is he just the super tall athletic guy that cuts his tutties, you know, in, in mass? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Graham's role changes. I think he's really good at what he does. And I think red zone is extremely hard in this league because the space gets smaller. You have to score in a smaller space. Um, so I think keeping Graham at what he does great is extremely important. I think Cole, again, I've seen limited film on the guy, but I think if he can increase his vertical game, his, his deeper routes, his like – and stretch the field a little bit more, I think that'd be extremely helpful and extremely useful for the offense because he looks like he's their, their future blocker and their every, every down tight end, right? And so for him to be able to block power on a defensive end and then stretch a seam like with a play-action pass, I mean, that's what, that's what your every down tight ends do. I think Bears fans have been really excited with how physical he is, uh, seemingly going after defenders and, and kind of um, getting after them as, as opposed to waiting to be tackled. Um, can you maybe talk a little bit about like the mentality of when you get the ball in your hands, like you are a bigger guy than a lot of those DBs that are trying to get after you. Mm -hmm. I mean, what kind of goes through your head when you're thinking about all of that? Yeah, I think it just depends on the position you're in. If you have a clear sight line, yeah, you want to attack a DB because, well, depending on the DB, they're not necessarily paid to tackle in certain cases. Safeties, there, there are a lot of safeties in this league that will come up and hit you. But if you have a corner, go attack them. Or even a safety, go attack them. It just depends on your leverage and what leverage they have and who's all around you. But, yeah, I've definitely seen him attack people. If you ever see George Kittle attack somebody with the ball in his hands, like, it's fun to watch and it's exciting to watch. Um, so I think they both have that menta mentality to go attack. Um, and it's, it's cool. It's cool. It's especially because it brings a little bit extra edge to the tight end position. Would you maybe just talk to us a little bit about like your off season, the, the things, you know, with, after sitting out for this year of COVID, like, you know, kind of the things that you can do to get ready to go before you have to report to camp or any of those things. 
hundred percent. Um, I built a garage in my, I built a gym in my garage, not a garage in my gym. Um, so I've been doing my garage workouts and then I started going to my trainer this week. Actually. Um, I have a trainer up in Batavia. So I started going to him, which has been absolutely awesome. Um, and then I'm going to, going to head out to Boston in a couple months and do some training out there and just try to get, get in the best shape I can. Body feels great. Um, best it's felt in a while. So keep trying to get stronger, faster, better condition, and just have try to have the best 2021 I can. You talked about, you know, the way you feel, you talked about your body feeling great. And this is I promise. I think the last Cole Komet question will ask you, but maybe to wade through some of the, the, you know, the, the fandom that exists. He looks the part. He's six, six, two sixty two, Uh, and you know, he's ripped. Does he pass the eye test to you? Is there anything that you look at and you go, uh, looks like a tight end. And I know you're talking about, you know, you know guys that are in the league with you. So you're not going to be too critical, but yeah, I mean, does he pass the eye test or am I just like a Notre Dame fan looking at a bear going, that dude looks like he might be good. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, the eye test is interesting because I've, I've played with tight ends who are six, two, two forty something and great players. I've played with tight ends who are six, eight two eighty. Again, great players. Like, yeah, he passes. He passes the eye test. He's six six two sixty two. I didn't know he was that. I didn't know he was that big. But yeah, he's he's a he's a professional tight end. Like, he's most professional tight ends are going to look the part, or they are just faster than everybody. So, I think I think you're good on the looks. So, Matt, I'm sure that you know, sitting at home, you got a chance to watch the Super Bowl. Did you have any kind of thoughts? Did it, did the game go the way that you kind of thought that it was going to go? No, it, it, it didn't, honestly. Um, I think nobody thought it went the way they thought it was going to go. Um, if I word that correctly, I thought, I thought it was going to be a high-scoring game. Um, I personally thought Kansas City was going to win it in the end. But what about that Tampa Bay defense? Like, I mean, Tom, Tom was great. Um, Grok was great. My boy Cam Brake got a couple catches under his belt, fired up for him. Um, but that Tampa Bay defense, oh, my gosh. Like I, I would have given Tom, again, Tom had a great game. I would have given the defense, the MVP. That was, that was impressive. It, it was, it was incredible. The, the, especially that front four, that pass rush, uh, just, just yeah. incredible. And now, Casey was missing their tackles, but still it was impressive. Now, the last time you were here, you made quite a stir with your unpopular opinion about not oh, like cheese, right? Cheese. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's actually been referenced in a few podcasts since then. Um, any kind of thoughts on that or, or any other unpopular opinions that you're ready to share? Yeah, I got, see, it's, it's tough because this is like a Midwestern podcast, but I assume some people have made it out to the West coast to listen. So I think um, in and out is the most overrated burger joint, like in this country. I'll take five guys over in and out every day. Man, five guys haven't been there in a while. Jack, what about you? What I haven't been, and I'll tell you this, and I, I don't know if there'll be litigation, but uh, I was in Florida, actually, had five guys, which I enjoy. I like five guys. I've had it since. Fairly certain I got food poisoning uh, on oh, a honeymoon, no. and that was brutal. That was then I had to get on a plane and come home. But, but I'm curious because I, I haven't been west often. It, what's the letdown with, with In-N-Out? Like, what, because, does it fall like, short? it's so hyped. Like it's like extremely hyped. Like I had a special teams coach 
in New York who probably brought it up once a week. Like, so when I go play, when I went to go play out there in a preseason game, my wife was out there too. And I texted her, I was like, Hey, could you grab me some five, not five guys, some in and out, bring it back to the hotel. So did that. And like, it, I, it just, it didn't do it for me. Maybe it was like too hyped in my head, but it was like, I don't know. It just didn't do it for me. You can get I was a singular... regional, you know, I mean, yeah. like, like, I guess to set it up against something else that's come up, which is, which is Portillo's. I mean, do, do you like Portillo's? Big Portillo's guy. So if you were to tell out of towners to go to Portillo's or if you have in the past, do they come back to you and say it's overrated or are they like, no dude, Portillo's is, is bomb. We love it. Yeah. But like, I'll tell someone to go to Portillo's. I'll tell someone to go to like Lou Malnati's before I tell them to go to Portillo's all day, every day. Um, and if they don't think that's good, then they're crazy. Um, but I won't hype Port- – I'll hype Lou Malnati, but I won't hype Portillo's though. I got to give a quick shout out to my guy, Anthony from Ireland, who we just had on the podcast. Huge Bears fan. He lives in Cork, Ireland. And he was just so fascinated by the way that we were like incensed that one of our, our friends doesn't like Portillo's. And, you know, so he's like, is this place good? So oh, Anthony, if, yeah, Anthony, if you're listening, when you get here, man, we're, we're taking you out to Portillo's. If, if he's going to get Portillo's, Matt, what does he have to get? What's, what's the thing that's on the menu that he has to have? Depends how hungry he is. If he's, if he's, get, if he's, feeling, if he's feeling pretty wild, my order is you don't get the regular beef. You get the big beef. Double, you have to say double dunked with sweet peppers um regular fr- wait no they don't have re- they just have small and large right they don't have medium i think that's, that's right large, yeah. yeah yeah so you gotta go large fry so let's just say there's um, only one choice then yeah large, there's only one large. choice um and then people do cheese people do cheese fries there all the time obviously i don't like cheese um but if you're a cheese fry guy by all means and then you got to go uh, chocolate cake shake and a large root beer because Portillo's root beer is elite. As we mentioned in that last podcast, if you come to Chicagoland, folks, you're going to add a few, uh, few LBs to that. I guess, uh, Matt, this is a total sidetrack question. How do much do you have to monitor what you eat when you're in season? Yeah, Um in season, it's easier than off season because in season, the team provides all our meals for the most part. Um, so it's easy, and we have a nutrition, we have a dietitian on our team, nutritionist. I don't know which one he would prefer, but and he helps us a bunch. But off season, it's a little tougher. Um, like I like to cook, so I'm fortunate. Um, but during the off season, I monitor it pretty closely. Like pretty much know my exact calorie count every day, uh, depending on the day. Um, during the season, uh, it's, it depends on the day, but I, I can get a basis every single, pretty, pretty often. So Matt, um, you know, any shout outs? I know last time you talked a little bit about wanting, uh, Illinois high school football to run and Hey, you got your wish. It's going to happen. Are there any other shout outs, uh, people you'd like to say hello to or, or any shout outs that you'd like to give? Uh, you guys had uh, coach Jelinek on, and he had some pretty, he had some pretty kind words. So, uh, if Jell's, li- if coach Jell's listening, like I, I appreciate that, that was pretty cool. It meant a lot. And yeah, 
likewise to you, man. It was awesome. Always a pleasure working with him. And also, I was, I was a student of his, too. I wasn't a very good, good student of his, but I was in the class. Um, so, yeah, I just appreciate everything he said and everything he's done for me in my career and definitely made playing football and class more enjoyable for me. So, shout out, shout out to Coach Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure he appreciates that very, very much. And we will absolutely make sure that he gets, he gets to hear that Uh, folks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the bear down report podcast. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you sharing any of the content from BearDownReport.com. We've got a lot of good podcasts coming your way. Please keep an eye out for those. I want to thank Jack Wright and especially want to thank Matt Lacoste. Matt, thank you so much for being a part of the bear down report podcast, man. Now we've had you on twice and we are just so, so appreciative of that. We're wishing you uh, good luck and uh, best of health to your family uh, in this 2021 year. Folks, for all of you that are listening, thank you so much. And as always, folks, bear down.